Welcome to the podcast, Life to the Fool, with Nancy Campbell, founder and publisher of Above Rubies. Where we learn to forgive in that home. Good morning, ladies, or good evening, wherever you are. Now, I'm recording this podcast before Christmas, but I realize you're not going to get it until the week after Christmas. So I'm not even able to say Happy Christmas to you. But I do hope you had a lovely Christmas with your family or a Hanukkah, whichever you like to celebrate. We're a celebrating family here, so we like to celebrate both. Uh, We celebrate Hanukkah and we did enjoy a beautiful Hanukkah season uh, this year. When we have Hanukkah, we like to read each day, each morning and evening at our family devotions, all the different scriptures about the light. And it's so wonderful to see how much God has written about light in his word. The Hanukkah festival was also called the Festival of Lights. And in John's Gospel, it tells us how Jesus went up to Jerusalem to celebrate that festival. It was called the Festival of Lights because it celebrates the lighting of the menorah. Um, This was a dark, dark time in Israel's history when uh, Israel was nearly wiped out as a nation. But God raised up these very brave and courageous Maccabees who fought and fought and uh, were able to gain back the kingdom. And they gained back the temple. No, it wasn't. the Yes, it was the temple then. And uh, the temple was in a terrible state. It was desecrated and and just they had to just spend so much time cleaning it all out and of course they dedicated again. That's what Hanukkah means to dedicate. That's the word in the Hebrew. And so they dedicated the temple and uh, they had to uh, prepare everything again. And when they went to light the menorah, the seven-branched candlestick, they only had enough light for one day. And they couldn't use any oil because the Bible is very specific about the recipe for the oil that must be used. And uh, so while they were preparing it, tradition tells us that the light kept burning for eight days until they were ready with the new oil. And so that was a miracle. And that's what Hanukkah is all about. So we really enjoy that time. Um, It's interesting, ladies, that that scripture in Proverbs 22, verse 6, where it says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. The word train there in the Hebrew is hanak. It is the same word used for Hanukkah, to dedicate. 
And so that is very interesting. You know, we read the word train up a child and <clears throat> think that it really means training, which of course it does. If you're dedicating your child to God, you are training your child for God. But it does put a new understanding upon it when we understand that this is the word to dedicate unto God. And so it's a beautiful thing to remember. Every day when you're training your children, as you're raising them, teaching them, just looking after them and caring them for them each day, you are, you are dedicating them. Every action and every word is seeking to dedicate them to the Lord. And your whole understanding of how you train them will be, is what I am doing, dedicating them to the purposes of the Lord. That will determine how you train your children. That will determine how you educate them. That will determine where you will send them to be educated. Because you are dedicating your children to the Lord. That's your whole purpose of mothering, dedicating them to the Lord. <clears throat> so talking about the light, Hanukkah being the festival of lights and the light uh, being restored to the temple, I had a dream the other morning and I'm not a person who has dreams at all. Oh, sometimes I'll dream and they're all stupid and I forget about them. But <clears throat> I woke up after this dream and, oh, I, I was so um, affected. And I knew it was a dream that meant something. And it was very powerful to me. It, it affected me powerfully uh, in the dream. And I had been with beautiful believers that I know, and somehow it was at some kind of a gathering, and I got disconnected from them and ended up with some other believers and just was sort of hanging out with them. And as I was with them, we were being um, just drawn along to some place. This was apparently the next thing that we were meant to go to. So I just followed along. Now I look back and think, why was I following along? We have to be careful about just following along and just getting in the groove with others, don't we? We always have to know where we're going. But I followed along and, and it eventually led us into this building and we went into this building and it was very dark. And they closed the doors and it was black. I thought, wow. Why is it so dark? And what are we going to hear in this place? But the more I realized and became aware, this place was not uh, God's kingdom. It was the other kingdom. It, it, was, it was Satan's kingdom. And I knew I had to get out. And I knew if I didn't get out quickly, that those doors would be locked and I would be stuck. So I went to the door and I opened the door and and sort of some beams of light came in as I opened the door and, and I just felt this 
urgency and I called out with this loud voice, if there are any Christians in this place, get out now. And I ran for my life. I wasn't even aware whether any others followed me or not. But thinking about it later, I just realized that this was a warning dream, how we have to be careful that we do not get deceived, that we do not just follow along with the crowd. It can even be a Christian crowd. Sometimes a Christian crowd can be taking us in the wrong direction. We must constantly come back to the word of God, which is the light What does it say in Psalm 119, um, verse 135? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We need the constant, everyday guiding of the word to keep us walking in the light. And we, we must know everything that we do or wherever we're going and wherever we're being led in life, we must know it lines up with his word. If it doesn't, well, it's it's not the light. I mean, God's word is the light. You can read everything else you want to. A lot of it can be good, a lot of it not good, but it's the word that is the light. And uh, I am a great believer in black and white. I, I'm not a person who goes in the greys. It's black or white. I believe we're either in God's kingdom or Satan's kingdom. We're either living in God's kingdom or we're living in Satan's kingdom. And so let's be those who walk in the light. Amen. And uh, I was talking about Hanukkah and Christmas. Yes, um, we have yet, because we haven't experienced it yet, because I'm doing this before Christmas, we haven't enjoyed our Christmas time. But we love Christmas, not for the Christmassy festivities, but for us, it is always such a beautiful family time of many family get-togethers, and that's what we love about it. And also the remembering of the birth of Christ. Now, I know that Jesus was most probably not born at Christmas time. I think most people believe it would have been at that, the time of uh, the Feast of Tabernacles in the fall, that that would have been the time of his birth. But I think this time, this Christmas time, would have been the time of his incarnation his being conceived by a virgin and the Holy Son of God coming uh, to a virgin by the power of the Holy Spirit. That was just so incredible. Oh, the incarnation. It's so miraculous, so powerful, so beyond our human comprehension, isn't it? And then the birth of Christ. To think, ladies, to think that 
Christ, Jesus, the one to whom one day every, every knee will bow. This one came into this world, not with pomp, not with ceremony, not in a great chariot. No, he entered this world through the birth canal of a woman. He came forth into the world as every little baby comes forth, coming through the birth canal of a woman. It is so beyond our understanding. We, we Sometimes we just take it all for granted. We don't take time to think of how powerful was the birth of Christ. I mean, every birth is powerful. In fact, I think that birth is perhaps the most, the most raw, the most primal, and yet the most powerful of all things that happens in this earth. There's nothing more primal. There's nothing more powerful. I think a woman is at her most primal when she's giving birth. Everything else is forgotten, but bringing this baby into the world and it and it comes with with some you know just gutterings and and groanings and and oh and, and it's powerful and uh, it can have pain but the pain ends in such joy and it, it is just such a incredible thing and it comes with blood and mess and and god the Son of God came into this world with blood and in a manger for the purpose of shedding his own very precious blood to save us from our sins. How amazing. Oh, I, I think, you know, it, it is important to have a time of the year when we remember this most amazing and miraculous and powerful nights in all of history. In fact, I think there should always be some moment <clears throat> in this time when we, when we do bow, when we fall on our knees before him, as the beautiful carol says, fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angel voices. Oh, night divine. Oh, night when Christ was born. So anyway, I do hope you had a beautiful time at Hanukkah and Christmas. Now let's get on to our study. We are going through the series FFPP and K and we've been talking about prayer and talking about prayer. We've been going back to the altar of incense because in the bible it speaks of prayer and worship and in revelation this is where we're coming from we're we're looking at what john saw in revelation and he saw the altar of incense he saw the prayers going up to the father and prayer we are 
know is something that is so important. It must become part of our lives, not when we face that end time, but now. It's part of our lives now so that when we come to more difficult times, it's just part of our lives. It's a habit. It's like our breath. Uh, we're not having to suddenly get into prayer. We're already prayer warriors. Now, do you remember last week I talked to you about how the, the altar of incense is a golden ministry? It's a sweet ministry. It's a come up higher ministry, a morning and evening ministry, a horning ministry ministry where we really gore and bore into the devil and come against the works of darkness. It's a four square ministry and now three more points today because there are 10 points. And so this is number eight and this one is take it wherever you go ministry. Now where do I get that? Of course, I get it from the Word of God. And in Exodus 30, where it's telling us about the altar of incense and how they were to make it, God told them to, uh, he, he said, you've got to make two uh, gold rings that you'll put under uh, the altar and then you to make two staves or carrying poles. They were to be made out of acacia wood and then covered with gold because everything on the altar was covered with gold. And the reason that they had to do this was so that they could carry it wherever they went. When God said, okay, time to go, everybody pack up, we're moving on. And so the priests would have to um, get the altar of incense and put the staves through it and so that four priests could carry it wherever they went. Now, everything that is written about the altar of incense is for us today. Everything that's written in the Old Testament is for us today, ladies. It's not just something written back there. And God wants us to take prayer and intercession and worship with us wherever we go. No matter where we're going, we don't leave it behind. Even when you go on vacation. Sometimes you can be tempted when you go on vacation to forget about, you know, reading the word and prayer. You take a vacation from that. But... The Bible shows us that this is something we don't take a vacation from. In fact, I remember way back in New Zealand in the days when we were living there, raising our young children there, and every Christmas time, because back in New Zealand, our vacation time is about three times throughout the year. We don't have the big summer holidays like you have here in the States. But our main um, vacation time is over Christmas, when that's the biggest uh, holiday of the year down under, because it's summertime then. And so every year we would go away at this time, and uh, we would go as a family, 
and my parents would come and other members of our family, but we would tell all our church folks where we were going, and you'd never believe it. Half the church would come with us. So off we'd go, this great entourage of families, and it was so great and so wonderful. Our children so loved it because they had all their friends, they had their cousins, and then they had their church friends and um, it just made such a beautiful time for them. I remember one year we went up to Pawanui, which was one of our favorite places to go, beautiful beach uh, up there. And one of the ladies uh, from the families at the church said, now why don't we continue our prayer meetings like we do back home? Because what we would do was every morning at six o'clock, there was a prayer meeting for those who could get to it in the church. We just had the six o'clock prayer meeting every morning. And so she suggested, let's keep it going while we're here. I thought, oh me, my, I think I just like a holiday. But anyway, what could you say? You couldn't say no to her. And so we established this prayer time every morning. And uh, all those who could would gather in one of the tents and we would pray. Pray for the needs and pray for the safety over everyone. And I do believe that God was with uh, her bringing that suggestion up and that we actually all got with it and obeyed because during that particular holiday we had a very very serious boating accident with a couple of our families and uh, many could have died it was totally miraculous that everyone came out whole and we know because we were praying Every morning, we we hadn't left the altar of incense behind. We took it with us and uh, we kept praying and we were also praying for safety, which you always do when you're on holiday with children, out on the surf and boating and skiing and doing all these things. <clears throat> and God did answer our prayers and I know he saved lives that day because we were praying. So remember that, dear ones, that's another part of the odor of incense. You take it wherever you go. You don't leave it behind. And number nine, it's the closest to the throne ministry. In Exodus chapter 30, Verse 6, God told them that they had to place the altar of incense just outside the curtain um, that separated the holy place from the holy of holies, where God dwelt in all his Shekinah glory. So the altar of incense was right next to the curtain, right the closest, closest piece of furniture to the presence of God. And then in Revelation chapter 8, verse 3, and this is now John looking into the heavenly realm, and he saw the golden altar, which was before the throne, right before the throne of God. 
Now, in the heavenly realm, of course, there's no curtain there. In fact, that curtain was torn from top to bottom when Jesus died upon the cross. And now there was access into the presence of God, into the throne room of God. And so in heaven, there's the altar of incense. It's right next to the throne. Oh, dear ladies, when you come to the Lord in prayer, you are right next to the throne of God. And as you cry out to him and you bring your your petitions and you bring your longings and your cries and your prayers for your children and your husband and all the, the needs that you have upon your heart and you bring them before the Father, He's right there. He's right there, dear one. The altar of incense is right before the throne. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, what a privilege we have. We have access. We can come in boldly, having access to the throne of God. Isn't it amazing how we belittle prayer? I mean, no, I wouldn't say that we belittle it. Um, We would revere it, I know. But we, we don't really put a lot of time into it, do we? I mean, how much incense goes up to the Father from your home? In that passage in Revelation chapter 8, it says much incense is going up. And because prayer is so powerful, and we have this privilege of coming into the throne room of God, let's just come all the time. Whenever there's a problem, come to the throne room. Oh, there's so many needs you face during the day. Oh, even just mothering your children, there's always challenges all day long. Well, look, bring them in your heart to the Lord. You, you just come into the throne room. He's right there and he will give you wisdom and he will show you the way. Oh, such a wonderful blessing. Yes, and of course we know that um, praise and worship are also part of the the altar of incense. It's prayer and intercession and praise and worship because prayer and praise are twins. They go together, don't they? And I must share a little thing with you. A few weeks ago, my husband and I, were blessed to hear a man of God give a wonderful message. We went to this place to hear him. And he took us to First Chronicles chapter 20. Well, that wasn't the only scripture. Um, he was... Um, wait on. Yes, I'll just find it here. First Chronicles 20. Actually... Oh, wait on. Here we are. 2 Chronicles 20. Yes. And, of course, this preacher spoke of many, many, many scriptures. But this was one that he gave us from 1 Chronicles 20, verse 20, 2020. 
And uh, he w- it's the story of Jehoshaphat and of how he had this great multitude come against him and he just didn't know what to do. But of course, he, he sought the Lord and he called all of Judah together and all the families came and the children came and the toddlers came and the nursing babies came and they all met together to seek the Lord. And uh, God... Um, miraculously showed them what to do. And in verse 20, it says, and they, um, no, 21. Oh, goodness me. I'm taking you to 2021 because this preacher was telling us this is the year of 2021. What should we be doing in 2021? Well, it says, and when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. And he was talking about whatever you're going through in all the tough times. What do you do? You praise and sing and worship. And we all know this amazing story of how when the singers went out before the army and they worshipped and praised the Lord, that God gave them the victory. There is such victory in praise and worship. So he gave us that scripture for 2021. But when I came home, I was looking at these scriptures And I looked at the one before and the one after. And I got this little thought. Now I'm going to share it with you. But you have to know, it's just my thoughts. So you can take it how you would like. But 2020, I thought, okay, let's see what 2020 says. Because 2020, last year, was a very uh, rather amazing year. I mean, this was the year um, of the pandemic. Yes, and where, although we had a 99% cure or even more, um, many people did die. Yes, they did. But most of those who did die often had other illnesses. And also, they were given the wrong medicine. I maybe you are aware, but Fauci, he was the one who prescribed to every hospital that they must give their patients remdesivir. And uh, that was really a medicine for death. I mean, it causes the kidneys to shut down. And if anybody got that medicine, well, they would most probably die. And most people did. And they refused. Every hospital in USA was told that they must not use hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin or budenicide. None of those were allowed to be used, but they have all been proved to be complete healers of this thing that's been going around. In fact, there's a doctor in Texas um, he he prescribes burdenicide, uh, budesonide, I mean, budesonide, and he has not had one death, not one, not one. And uh, 
But it was a horrific year, as, um, you know, many people did die through being given the false medicine. It, it was all a plan, sadly. The whole plan now, and even of these um, vaccinations, is to depopulate the world. And, of course, we had shutdowns of churches, lockdowns, masking, social distancing, all this junk that is so ridiculous and so against how we are meant to live life. And so, what did it say in 2020? And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. So, that was a word for 2020. And I thought, yes, now when you look back, there were many, many prophetic words for 2020. Actually, they were given in 2019 and even earlier before. Um, many people who have a prophetic anointing prophesied that Donald J. Trump would be president a second term. Now, that didn't happen. Well, it did actually because uh, we know that Trump uh, won the election by a huge majority, but it was stolen from him. And uh, so it was true, he won, but he did not become the second president um, at that time. However, I'm one of these people. I love to believe what the word says. And so I take that scripture for 2020 where it says, believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. So I still believe those prophetic words because they weren't given by one person, but by many, many prophets. In fact, way back in 2007, yes, that far back, um, when President Trump had never thought of being president, it was prophesied that he would be and would have two terms. So I still believe that that can yet happen. God can yet work miraculously and supernaturally because I believe his word so and then we have 2021 and that is to be praising the Lord is that how you got through this last year whatever you had to go through did you go through it praising and worshiping we keep on doing that and as we keep on praising keep on worshiping and keep on praying and keep on calling upon the Lord. Are you doing that? We are calling upon the Lord daily. We are still crying out for deliverance, especially for many countries that are more locked down, even than USA. We think of Australia, New Zealand, Israel, Austria, Canada, many of these countries who are facing incredible lockdowns. And we keep crying out and praying for them. But let's see what 2022 has to offer, shall we? That's this. Well, um, no, I'm, you'll be in. No, you won't quite be in the new year when I, you hear this, but we're just about there. 
And when they began to sing and to praise, remember what's happening? When they began to sing and to praise, we keep praising, keep worshipping, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Ammon, Moab, and Mansia, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. Okay, well, that's what I'm trusting for 2022, um, that the enemy will be smitten. That's a good promise to take, isn't it? Yes, oh, we have, oh, there is so much evil in our land. Oh, how we have to be praying daily and coming against this evil, this evil of abortion, which is murder, which is human sacrifice. Oh, are you praying for the Supreme Court judges as they are debating on Roe versus Wade? Let's be in prayer for that. We must keep praying against the sex trafficking, which is horrific. How can we even bear to think about it? These precious, beautiful girls being sold into this, this tormenting, degrading, terrible lifestyle. Oh, how we must keep praying. But we keep praying against the enemy. We keep praying against the dece deceptions of our government and our media and, and uh, how they're trying to bring the nation into deception. We pray that they will be smitten. And God will have the victory. Amen. Well, let's pray now, shall we? Dearest Father, we thank you that we can come into your throne room. Oh, Lord God, you're not far away. As we move into the realm of prayer, we are right in your throne room. And we come this morning. We come, Lord, we come in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus against the evil that is just coming upon this world. We push it back in Jesus' name. Oh, God, we pray, Lord, that all evil will be brought down, all evil speaking, all deception, all uh, just everything that is false, Lord God, and uh, we pray that righteousness will prevail, that justice will prevail again. Oh God, we cry out to you for this. We cry out for a revival in our nation. Oh, for the people of God, Lord God, we have faced so much in this nation in these last two years. And yet, even yet, your people, Lord, on a whole are not crying out to you. Lord, prayer meetings haven't doubled or tripled. What is happening? Oh, God, what do you have to do with us, Lord, to get us to really seek your face? But we pray, Lord, that you will just 
Wake up your people, arouse your people to prayer. Lord God, that we will be people of this golden ministry uh, right now, that we will be people of prayer. Lord, we know that this is one of the greatest things that prepares us to face whatever is ahead. I pray that you'll make each one of us, Lord, more and more prayer warriors. In the precious name of Jesus, amen. Amen. 